0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Injury Time. Uh, we are in quarantine and self-isolation at this point in time, so doing it over Skype. And as always, with me, Sandeep menon to give details is Teban Singh. Hello, Devan. how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Good, good going on. Uh, cool. So, uh, Devan, already wrapped up. The league is wrapped up. It's yeah. been postponed till uh, April 15th, I think. But... Uh, I would hazard, I guess, that it's probably not going yeah. to start April yeah,
1: yeah, it's likely to be a longer wait.
0: Yeah, so, uh, first uh, first of all, a word on Bagan. They wrapped it up before the Kolkata Derby uh, mm-hmm. and probably earliest ever alongside uh, Dempo, is it? Dempo in
1: 2009, 10, Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, what do you make of this team?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very strong team, quite clearly. And um, I was... Just a little load to, you know, rank them among Bagan's all-time great teams for the simple reason that I don't think the competition has been as strong as it used to be in the early years of the NFL or the I-League. But uh, there's a lot of quality. And I mean, one big thing which has hindered uh, Kolkata clubs in the last, maybe like, you know, 10 or 15 years has been the quality of all And every time they've got that right, they've looked like a different team. So uh, much like the Bagan team of 2015, This is one team where the foreigners really pulled their weight. And uh, I think that makes a huge difference. You look at even the ISL. If you have good foreigners, you're more likely to go on and win championships. And I think Bagan did that perfectly this time. So hats off to the management also for having uh, hired the right people, trusted the coach, trusted the process, gotten the right players in. And it kind of rubs off when you have good players coming in from abroad and they play a good role in making it a happy family, a good team. And you see an improvement in the performance of the Indians as well. And I think that's what we saw with Bagan as the season progress. They didn't start very well, but I think they're still on a 14-match uh, winning or unbeaten streak. So, that's an that's incredible achievement in a fragile uh, league like the I-League. I mean, there isn't too much of competition perhaps, but it's such an unpredictable league to have that kind of consistency is uh, quite uh, remarkable.
0: What do you make of the fact that maybe this I League is stuck? Uh, second division, all the you know smaller leagues are all postponed. Is there a possibility that the league might not restart at all? Is, what do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, in a situation like this where things are changing so uh, dynamically, it's very difficult to hazard a guess. But yeah, I mean, let's not forget one crucial factor. It not just in football but it's across all industries across everything in the world that this situation is a unprecedented and B it's going to lead to a lot of massive economic loss so we know already that uh, Indian clubs anyway don't make a lot of money if anything they only lose money so what kind of situation they're going to be in at the end of all of this will depend largely on you know, how soon this comes back to normal and then the people in charge, what kind of plan of action they have to put things back on track. Because that is going to be the key factor. I mean, not only is, I don't know, maybe the most logical solution would be to give one point each for every game that a team has, or whatever, split points for every fixture which is left, if if they are not able to start it back on time. But more than that, it's the longer term effect of teams, how they'll be able to finance their uh, clubs for the next season what are the losses that they'll immediately have because uh, in anticipation of this, a lot of them haven't let go of their foreigners yet. So the foreign players are still here. They are in self-isolation as well. Um, in many uh, ways, they are not able to get out of the country at the moment. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a very tough time to say anything. But yeah, it's, let's just hope for the best like in everything else. Yeah, I
0: mean, in my opinion, yeah, they should just if it's going to cost more losses financially, just call mm-hmm. out the league. You have yeah. your champion. Yeah. Uh, don't relegate anybody. See if you can promote someone from the you know, second division for to complete that league or somehow or the other. Get mm-hmm. one or two teams in. Play a longer league the next year. Mm-hmm. More games, more teams, if that is possible. Because it really doesn't make much difference. If you relegate a team, maybe they might just go up completely under. Yeah. But uh, not relegating them might actually help them. And in addition to that, AFC Cup, as we discussed throughout the season, it looks yeah. like the slot is not going to be with any of the I League teams. Going to so, I yeah, So that makes no sense to there's nothing to play for also now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that would be my hopefully something like that will happen because you don't Yeah, yeah this it, is actually unprecedented.
1: Yeah, it's a very difficult situation for anybody to be in because uh, if this is the decision, then uh, what I can foresee is that the second division teams may not, you know, completely agree with the solution because they would want to play their matches, they would want to complete all of their rounds. But yes, uh, it'll need some decisive leadership, and it'll need people to kind of understand that this is a situation that doesn't happen often, hasn't ever happened, and uh, yeah, it, it needs probably an extraordinary solution.
0: I mean, second division, I think they should complete. Purely because not many people come to watch it. (laughs) Because highly, if you have a match, a lot of people are going to watch it. So it's getting harder to complete it. You can complete the second division match uh, behind closed doors also. Wouldn't make that much of a difference as well.
1: Yeah, but at
0: at this point of time with... uh, Oh, not now. Yeah, with everything that's coming in,
1: you can't really take a step forward until... Uh, the curve, so to speak, begins to pan out. I mean, it, it reaches a peak and then it starts falling. So, I don't think we've reached that stage yet. I don't think we'll reach uh, that stage for another couple of weeks at least. So, it's only after that that we can take an offensive call on it.
0: Yeah. In my head, this is going on for at least a couple of months. So, quite quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, amidst these, uh, the sad news, of course, that uh, PK Banerjee is no more with us. Uh, mm-hmm. He is a FIFA Order of Merit winner. Asian Games gold medalist uh, in 62 with the national team. Triple crown uh, winning manager with Bagan as well. Uh, was a coach of India also. Uh, astonishing uh, personality in Indian football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, probably one of our last links with a generation of real superstars that we had in Indian football. And uh, quite, quite bad. I mean, not unexpected because he'd been ailing for a long, long time, but uh, still quite sad and sobering to think that he's no longer with us.
0: Uh, you personally have some experience uh, having spoken to him and stuff. So would, you, would you like to share that?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, this was uh, 2006, probably January. First week of January, maybe second or third January. So The NFL for that season was being inaugurated at a Delhi hotel. And uh, we were all there. Uh, we were at the sports badminton. We had just covered the Santos Trophy in Kochi in November. We had discovered the Federation Cup in Goa in October. So I just heard, uh, you know, I just like felt this little tap on my shoulder, and he was right behind me, and in his usual like very enthusiastic way, he was like, "Dear, uh, you don't know me, but I know all about you." So I just turned around and I see P K Banerjee, one of the greats of Indian football so I just told him no sir it's not possible (laughs) for me to not know you and uh, then yeah I mean it was like meeting an old friend uh, somebody we just met for the first time but we interacted for a long time we spoke about the upcoming NFL season I asked him like you know which team was he looking at the most Uh, we were talking about the fact that sadly football isn't as widespread I mean even back then I think if I'm not mistaken that season had HAL probably so there was a link with Bangalore but I was based out of Delhi in any case then but we were talking about things and the fact that uh, football is not broad-based itself enough yet uh, there were probably four or five teams from Goa at the time there were three or four from Calcutta uh, there was probably two from Bombay and one from the North so we were just talking about this oddity that uh, we need to spread the game more He we was talking about some of his days when, when some of the southern states were a lot more prominent and cre- created a lot more footballers so that was really the only time I can recall having an interaction with him. I may have met him maybe once or twice more, but uh, the other interesting bit was uh, in 2008 we were uh, it, it was just an idea which came to my mind out of the blue that you know let's make a documentary on the history of Indian football. And because it was such a vast topic, we really didn't know how to begin, and we were doing it on a zero budget essentially. So i couldn't even personally ask any of these you know giants and legends that uh, can you appear on our show so it was pretty much almost like a broadside i just told my producer his name was through i told my cameraman his name was nihal i just told them that here are your flight tickets you're off to calcutta for two or three days you're off to uh, bombay after that then you're off to goa so just get me whatever you can and around that time we had also done a special on punjab football so we had some Sort of material on on journal thing as well historically so he went and he met uh, a lot of players he met chuni Goswami, he met uh, sayed naimuddin he met Shabir ali all of these gentlemen in kolkata he met sham thapa the current uh, chairperson of the technical committee and he went to bombay as well he met neville d'souza's widow lyra he had some great stories to offer. Then he went to Goa and he, went, uh, he met uh, Franco Fortunato, who was also part of the 1962 uh, Asian Games team. And he met PK. Pique. So PK's uh, inputs, right through from the era from 1948 to about maybe 74 or so, they were so good. They were so uh, elaborate and so great. And we also spoke to Novi, of course, in, in Delhi. So uh, between the two of them, Novi and PK were the two sort of one could say the the storytellers they were the ones who pieced the whole thing together and all we had to do was literally place it all in one timeline and just sort of take the most relevant bit and weave our story around it and this was when he was already uh, not particularly well he had had a stroke i think a few months earlier but he spoke with so much of energy enthusiasm passion uh, wide-ranging knowledge he talked about how the team of the 60s was a good one because they were all-rounders and to give the example he spoke about the 1983 cricket team, the World Cup winning team. He said that when you have all-rounders, then it just gives you a different balance to a side. And he explained it beautifully in terms of football as well. And uh, anecdotal references, you know, the, the famous story about Jarnel Singh and how he was made to play as a striker in the final of the 1962 Asian game because he had a cut on his uh, forehead. And uh, coach Rahim Saab wasn't very convinced that he'd be able to defend as well as he uh, might have otherwise. So he just said that, you know, Janelle, today you're going to play centre-forward. So great stories like that. And yeah, I mean, as, as he was leaving, apparently he just uh, he just looked at Dhruv and he just smiled and said that nobody's made me talk uh, for this long for free. So, uh, he, he always had this like uh, very mischievous streak in him. And he was quite a, you know, storyteller. And uh, I mean, you're reading it in all the tributes that are coming in from the footballers, from everybody. I think uh, only somebody who had so much positivity to offer Indian football. I just wonder if we made uh, optimum use of a person like him. I think through his coaching, obviously he's influenced Indian football a lot, but it's just a shame that, you know, the National Football League only came into existence in 1996. You know, had something like that as an initiative arrived in the early 70s when he was just stepping into coaching, I think he could have really done a lot of great work in terms of Keeping Indian football up at the standard at which it was at that stage. I mean, in '74 we were Junior Asian Joint Champions with, uh, I think, probably Iran or Bahrain, one of the two. So, so we really were at a very good place in the '70s when he we was just stepping into formal coaching. But I think somewhere the glamour and the lure of uh, club football just overshadowed all the shortcomings that we had at uh, a national team level. And that's where we probably missed the bus the most.
0: Yeah, Anywhere we can find this uh, program that you produced? Yeah, it's on uh, YouTube. It's, you just need to look up under,
1: uh, you can look up under Sen or you can look up under Indian Football Part 1 of 7. So it's a seven-part documentary. And it's all there. It's got a very good, um, I mean, probably the only era we really missed was the 80s. But that was only because there was so much of good content right from the 40s through till the uh, 70s. So it kind of does a very quick time jump between the 1970s and through to Bai Chung and Vijay. So that was the only regret. But yeah, it was a one hour program and it won the Ramnath Goenka Award in 2010. And I think we still are probably the only non journalist per se. Like, I, I don't think any other sports channel has ever won that award.
0: Nice. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, 10 years down the line. <laughs> yeah, but still, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> yeah. so if anybody's interested, please check out that video. I'll, I think I'll put out the link to that also in the, when we put the story out, we'll gotcha. this podcast out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. 80s, I think, is fair enough that you missed it because, you know, we were <laughs> not playing p 5 tournaments at that time if I'm not mistaken. So, 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 uh, the funny thing is... Uh,
1: what everybody says, whoever, you know, chronicled Indian football for a long time and everything, is that, ironically, the the real uh, sort of, the real downer, I mean, two guesses, uh, two two sort of concurrent things, I guess, which kind of hindered Indian football. One was the 1983 World Cup win. Because, uh, in a way, whatever hope other sports had, it just completely sank in the wake of that. But, yeah, that, that shouldn't be blamed on cricket alone. It was just... Uh, coincidence and happenstance, and the fact that we hadn't really won, barring Hockey World Cup in 1975, we hadn't really won a World Cup in anything substantial before that. And the second part was that, uh, you know, the best laid plan, the 1982 Nehru Cup, or as in 84 uh, at the Salt Lake Stadium, Argentina team with practically maybe 60 to 70% of them going on to win the World Cup two years on, they played India and they they won by just one, one goal to nil. So India weren't that far behind, but I think it's in a way because those were of course days before uh, extensive television coverage and before, uh, long before social media, but it just exposed the Indian uh, audiences to a far superior brand of football and everything. And they saw that no, this Indian team is not right like, up to scratch. And somehow that acted against India, uh, even the Asia cup qualifiers I think were in Calcutta that year, 1984. So. Through a lot of experiences, fans were beginning to see that, you know, I mean, this Indian team is good, but they're just not good enough yet. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was planned as such, but it just exposed Indian football a little
0: bit more than it should have. And it's just sad that it happened that way. Yes, let's hope that these things turn around and we go forward and upwards. Because I don't think we can, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I was going to say we can't go down. But I don't want <laughs> to say <it. laughs> I'm sure there is some place. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a couple of questions also. Yeah. Uh, the first question is, is there a need for ISL playoffs? Wouldn't it be better to just make it a league?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, we have sort of spoken about that uh, at length. Uh, but... Uh, There is something which is exciting about playoffs, I suppose, and this year at least uh, they had the away goals rule which made it a little bit more challenging. Uh, And as long as there is some kind of tangible reward for the league champions, which there
0: was this season,
1: I don't have a particular problem with it. But yes, I mean, I would prefer it to be a proper league than than you could call it a super league, actually. Yeah,
0: Me too, just a league, uh, but unfortunately no cup tournaments this year, so let's be happy with the four knockout games. Uh, maybe next year when they have a proper knockout tournament. Maybe it can be just a league. So, uh, yeah. Then next, uh, the question so just, is...
1: Uh... Just, to, just to digress a little bit, that's another thing I was quite fascinated by when doing a little bit of research for a piece that I did on ESPN about, you know, CK Banerjee's numbers. And, of course, I mean, it's no secret that Indian football used to have so many cup competitions. It was absolutely insane. I mean... If you look at a you know a busy player season, there were so many trophies all around the country. There was the D.C.M. Cup in Delhi, there was the Durand Cup in Delhi, there was the Rover's Cup in uh, Bombay, there was the Bordoloi Gold Cup, uh, I think in uh, Assam, there was the Governor's Gold Cup in Sikkim, I.F.A. Shield, uh, the Football League itself in Calcutta. Of course, we didn't have a national league, but just imagine if you know administrators then had the far side. I sometimes think that yes. Perhaps it's difficult to imagine all the challenges they would have experienced because of the size of India. I think that's one major thing which one must take into consideration when comparing India with any other uh, league, like even England for that matter. Uh, distances are a lot smaller, so maybe the best thing would have been to have something like conferences. But at some stage, if a national league had been introduced back then, there was so much competition through these cups and you know all these uh, tournaments all around that players were used to playing under pressure. I think that is something that has gone out of their system, and particularly in a closed league like the ISL.
0: Yes, absolutely. And there was a, I was talking to some one old-timer, uh, Yeah. not a player uh, mm-hmm. who played in this particular tournament. So the old incarnation of the AFC Champions League is the AFC Club Championship, I think, Asian Club Championship. Yes. And India qualified in 69, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, it, I think, right? Yeah, Mysore State. And uh, Mysore State played, won the South Division and then they eventually won the Santos Trophy and qualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a different sort of, uh, what do you call, yeah. landscape at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And how, uh, I think Richard Hood once told me about how the the entire season used to work around these big cup tournaments like the IFA Shield or yeah. the Sisters Cup yeah. and the Rovers Cup. Yeah, you're having okay.
1: players to come out of these competitions because
0: performances you're counted for so much. Yeah, absolutely. Because they would play in the local leagues, take mm. a break, uh, play in the big cup tournaments and go back and uh, play again in the local tournaments. Yeah. Like the Calcutta League and, or uh, the Bangalore League or the Hyderabad League or whatever it, it, it was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it seemed like we missed a boat on that. But uh, it is what it is now. Boats it's- have all been uh, sunk actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after big league, big name tournaments, only uh, Duran Cup exists now, I think. So, I, I think Novi, I, often, I Novi says
1: that by by far the best Indian coach in recent years has been Bob Houghton. But one big mistake that he made was that he kind of clamped down on all of these competitions and he said that, no, your best Indian players should not be playing these uh, tournaments. So, that just sounded the death knell for a lot of these uh, smaller tournaments which were you know, operating around the year a lot of them were based around the winter season. So you would have, you know, a sequence of all of these Rovers, DCM, Durant, Federation, everything. And your big clubs from Kolkata would be traveling to Bombay, they would be going to Delhi, they would be drawing in uh, massive crowds. Um, There was a famous season, I think in 97, when Salgaonkar won everything. I think Shabir Ali was their coach around that time. So he tells about how You know, Salgaokar used to draw in massive crowds. Just imagine, I mean, it's something which we have come to expect from FC Goa now, but it was a lot more organic around that time as well. So, yeah, I mean, they were good times, even though maybe the Indian ranking wasn't as good as it probably is now, but that, as we discussed just a while ago, is a little bit more efficient. So the next question is the
0: next generation cup. A prelude mm-hmm. for Premier League clubs looking at India as a potential stop during pre-season?
1: Mm, I would love to hope so, but I don't think that we have reached that stage yet. Uh, I think we are still probably 5 or 10 years away from that. I would hope it's a lot shorter, but uh, I just think that, uh, yeah, whatever is happening at the grassroots now will probably start showing some effects only in 10 years, so... Ten years is the minimum I would give before we start thinking too much about those things.
0: Yeah, maybe one nod here and there, but I don't think we have enough money to bring them consistently.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's great to have these tournaments, but then I don't know from an
0: insider's perspective
1: how seriously are you know Chelsea's under-14s or Manchester United's under-15s or under-14s, whatever, whichever team came. how seriously are they looking at this? I mean. Great. For kids, it's always good to have more game time. But are they looking actually at scouting Indian players out of this? I don't know. I mean, till now, whatever's happened in terms of Indian players, young players going abroad and everything, it's always been more of a PR exercise than actual tangible football game. So I'm just coming from there that I think that will continue for a little more while. We just have to sort of see through that and make sure that we know what is substantial and what is not.
0: So, and the last question is at Bangalore FC's pragmatism a cause for concern under Quadra. Um,
1: well, it did get them into the playoffs, and when you reflect, you think that uh, maybe there were a couple of better teams which could have made the playoffs in their place. So I would have to take it on a case by case basis. And I mean, in all honesty, they should have really reached the final considering they. Uh, got that one-nil victory at home, and they went away to Kolkata and got a one-nil lead early on from Ashik. So from there to have you know uh, messed it up was just a little bit of a royal mess and just uh, bad game management in my sense in my uh, head. So if they'd just done it a little bit better, they probably. I mean, when we were reflecting on that game in office, what we thought was that he probably just became a little bit too uh, defensive or a little bit too pragmatic, a bit too early. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, it would have worked out and you would have said, you know, great, uh, great game sense. So they could easily have been playing the final and in the final, you never know what might have happened against Chennai. So um, I think that's the just the way that quadrat is. We've talked about the fact that maybe he's slightly limited as a coach, but if he's comfortable there and if there's no problem with the players, then maybe that is the direction that BSC wants to take. I think we just need to invest a bit more wisely during the transfer season.
0: Yeah, so I I agree with the same. I I actually do like defensive football. Hmm. So, uh, for me, it doesn't make a difference. And I feel like, as far as a draw is concerned, Mm -hmm. they got the one team they would have the hardest time beating in the semi-final. I think they would have beaten Goa or Chennai. Yeah. Considering, uh, looking at the previous results and considering how they play, how open they are. How much they attack, I think they would have played into BFC's hands to an extent. Yeah, uh, They got the one team which was the hardest to beat and uh, yeah. very nearly got through the line there also. Like, if you look yeah. at the chance Freighter had when he was all alone in front yes, of the board, yes. They should have pulled uh, away three. Yeah. yeah, had that gone in, it would have been a different story. They are a little unlucky with injuries also. Transfers, yeah, yeah probably should be a little bit more smarter with yes. that respect. I didn't think they got it all right.
1: In fact, ahead of the... Um, Ahead of the Bangalore leg I had done a preview where I had said that ATK probably hold a slight edge mm. uh, and it was filed as a preview so preview stories tend to disappear once it's done but mm-hmm. uh, we, had, we had a tweet on that and still about three four days after the final I still saw people liking the tweet <laughs> somewhere I guess even the ATK fans kind of agreed that yes like you no know, this was a very tight semi-final and even if ATK wanted to progress DSC, Probably gave them the trickiest match, but also the biggest opportunity because of the similarity of the
0: two teams. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. The the semifinal between those two, whoever won, I thought was going to win the game. Yeah, I was absolutely convinced they're going to win the league. Mm-hmm. That's what happened because there is a certain naivety that comes with uh, Goa and Chennai when they are attacking with mm-hmm. such reckless abandon, especially Goa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had eleven goals. In that <laughs> other semi final, too, like, so that is just insane. Yeah, so uh, it's to,
1: not how semi normally up. <laughs> no,
0: know. really, no 11 goals. I I don't think I've seen a semi final in which ended with 11 goals.
1: Yeah, it's, it's quite definitely in ISL history and probably in a lot of
0: like competitions across the world. This wouldn't have happened. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I think that's the end of our episode here. Thank you for your time, Devine.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, Lots of it these days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and let's hope uh, things get better soon and we'll all be able to be out and about again. Take care of everybody
1: and just uh, make sure that you self-isolate yourself. Observe the curfew.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do not just go running around. I saw kids in the park today from my balcony and I was pissed. Yeah, I think people are just
1: not realizing that uh, the, the best course of action right now is to make sure that we slow the thing down, slow the spread down and the only way to do that is to make sure that you stay home as often as possible and if you go out just make sure that you have all the precautions
0: take. Yeah, because people like me have to go to work because mm-hmm. we are the essentials uh, Like I'm not comparing myself to any doctor oh. or any event like that but we have to be at work to make sure the news is out Yes. So uh, the more that you guys stay inside, the more easier and better it is for me to go outside. Yes, absolutely. So please, uh, everyone who is listening to this podcast, please stay away from... <laughs> so stay in the house if you don't have absolute need to get out. Just exercise in the house. That's what I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exercise in the house. Catch up on all the, you know, programs you wanted to watch. Watch all the classic matches that you wanted to watch. watch Listen to all, best all best the Injury things. Time yeah.
0: episodes that you can.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we've had some good fun. Like our predictions don't always fall perfectly, but I think our analysis has been quite good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we've got some good interviews as well. Uh, you can check all of them out. I think I'll put them out on Twitter now that. <laughs> so yeah, I wish you could put uh, subtitles to Quadra's interview though. <laughs> yeah, lovely but guy. But I it's very hard. That interview though.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to follow him though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was very proud of that interview though. Whatever you yeah. said. I think it's easier for
1: us journalists to meet him a number of times and we know how he speaks. I don't know if it's that
0: easy for a first time listener. So, uh, thank you so much, Devayan. Yeah. Please please keep listening to us in whatever platforms that uh, is available to you. Savan, Spotify, Boom, whatever it may be. Uh, And uh, just stay home, be safe and uh, till the next season comes, enjoy the game.